Am I live on uh, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com? Indeed I am. Am I live on YouTube on Comedy Schools? Yes, sirree, Bob. Am I now live on Facebook Live? Without a doubt, twist and shout. We are live on three platforms, ladies and gentlemen. We are live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, YouTube, Comedy Schools channel, and Facebook Live. It is Saturday night. This is the one night of the week that we do the show at a different time than it's normally scheduled time. Normally, every day of the week, six days of the week, we do the show at 2 p.m. It is called Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. It is your daily reprieve from all the anger, anxiety, uh, weirdness, and hoopla enveloping our world today. Hello, Tina and Mike. All right, people are starting to show up. Uh, we're going to have a fun time. We're going to have a real good time. Um, just want to mention real quick, quickly, we want to mention this quickly, huh? Uh, that tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, we will be presenting Tony Visick Presents. We will present Tony Visick Presents. Show's called Sunday Night's Funnier. Uh, it's where I bring you three or four of the best comics from the greater Phoenix area, and they do a live Zoom show for you. It's the show where you might die laughing, but you won't die from the coronavirus. Tickets are only 10 bucks and are available at ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com or our granddaddy, ComedySchools.com. Jim Perry says, I look skinny. You know, I have lost weight during the pandemic. During the pandemic, some people gain weight, some people lose weight. Uh, plus, I had a little touch of food poisoning this week, so he ate a little less than normal. Uh, but I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling better. Things are going well. But uh, make sure you buy a ticket for that show tomorrow night. Will you buy a ticket to one of those shows, to our Zoom shows? You're buying three things. Entertainment. You're investing in the American economy. Hello, Sally Kuhn. Is it Kuhn? Am I saying it right, Sally? Um, the American economy, because we pay the comics uh, through your proceeds. And also, we donate to the Maricopa Food Pantry. We were out at the Maricu food, Maricopa Food Pantry today. We put up a little picture later on of us with the uh, weekly check we give them. Uh, they were not up and running last week. They took a week off after weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Kenny, thank you. Thank you, Sally. Uh, that we want to get it right. Uh, Sally Kenny. Uh, after weeks and weeks and weeks, they did take a week off, but we were out there today donating. Uh, we're going to put up a donate button uh, with that picture. And if you want to help out a food pantry in particular, Maricopa Food. By the way, they don't know I'm doing this right now. This is, <coughs> we are not an official endorsee, okay? Uh, they have no idea. They know that we bring them a check every week. We ask them if we could do it. We want to do something uh, to help contribute. Uh, but they were turned down for a rather uh, large grant by the city of Maricopa. By the rules that city of Maricopa set up justifiably. But we don't like it. We don't like it at all. We like a lot of the people who run this city. But we don't like that particular decision. And uh, they wanted money to be able to buy a refrigerated food truck. So they could bring it right into town. Bring food into town and keep it fresh. We're going to help them do that. So every week we donate and if you want to, you'll be able to donate too. Okay, um, thought of something. Got an idea. Might help. First off, I got results from my uh, COVID test today, and uh, they were negative. I thought they'd be negative. Shirley and I got test results. The results were negative. We don't have COVID. We're, uh, uh, we're, uh, we're happy about that. A couple few months ago, I actually went and took an antibody test with that little hope in my head. All right, I already had it. Like in January, remember when we were all thinking that? We're going, 
You know, I think I had it in January because I had the sniffles and I was firing burritos out my backside. They were not digested properly. Uh, uh, our antibody test came back, did not say that we had had it before, and now we're uh, negative. I'm glad of that. Uh, what Shirley and I are doing are, is working. We are primarily uh, staying at home. I have, uh, it's not like, it's not like uh, uh, I won't step foot out my front door. I've got a large uh, area here to be able to walk my dog. Shirley and I go for walks. We've got a nice backyard. Uh, we do see select family members. Uh, certain business friends have done a couple shows, but we're really, really, really careful because we don't want to get it, but we really don't want to give it to you. So I've got an idea that can help reduce the spread of coronavirus. That's going to work, okay? It won't end it. It won't, it won't successfully make it, you know, like, uh, we could come outside again. The sun is shining. The aliens have left. We have our country back. None of that. Okay, but the mo uh, I was, I, there was a guy on uh, some social media platform today saying, hey, listen, when I mention sports teams, because I like sports, I don't feel like listening to people's political stuff. And then immediately, people who look like me, God, you know, as much as I want to say, I don't know, maybe this is overblown, and, but it's always get people like me going, I won't support sports because they, they support Black Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter is racist. You may agree or disagree with Black Lives Matter. I support Black Lives Matter. I don't agree with a lot of their policies. Their specific policies, but those are policy disagreements, not thrust of the idea agreements. They're not racist. But this is what I figured out. I got it figured out. How we can get all the anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers to just stay home. So all these people who go, I'm not wearing a mask. And then they go running around in stores, coughing and sneezing and looking at you and I don't have to wear a mask. I got freedom. I got freedom. Okay. Freedom is not license. Okay. Uh, I got freedom too, but I can't go take a crap on your front lawn. I also can't cough in your face and give you uh, and make it so that you end up uh, ass up in the air with a ventilator tube in your mouth. I don't have the right to do that. But it's, it's hard to convince these people. Okay. And, you know, they, they believe what they believe. So we got to help them. We're going to help. We're going to help the anti-masker, anti-vaxxers. We're going to help them. Okay? Because almost all anti-maskers are also anti-Black Lives Matter. All, almost all anti, you know, like, I'm not judging the rights and wrongs of all of this. I'm just stating the fact. So a lot of people are saying, I won't watch sports now because of uh, uh, Black Lives Matter. I'm watching. So first off, if you're a grown person and you're still turning to sports figures to give you some sort of intellectual or emotional or political uh, uh, opinions that will help you form yours, there's something wrong with you. Okay, and by the way, they have the right to it. LeBron James has a right to say what he says. Dwight Howard has a right to say what he says. I think Dwight uh, Howard is uh, uh, totally off base with what he's saying, but Dwight Howard has a right to say it. Okay, and when I'm watching him play, uh, I will hate him, but not because of what he says, because he plays for the Lakers. That's why I'll hate Dwight Howard, because I am an official Laker hater. I'm a Clippers fan. So how? So a lot of people are turning off sports and want everything to do with it because of Black Lives Matter. A lot of people are upset when they see a Black Lives Matter.
sign out on the street somewhere. A lot of people are upset when they see Black Lives Matter, when it's all painted out on uh, some boulevard someplace. They don't like it. They don't want anything to do with it. So here's how we get the anti-maskers to stay home. We paint Black Lives Matter everywhere, on every street, on every signpost, on every building. But BLM, BLM, which used to stand for Bureau of Land Management, you know, and uh, a lot of those people don't like that place either. They don't like Black Lives Matter. They don't like the Bureau of Land Management. Uh, they, I think they don't like BMs, you know, and I think that's their problem is that a lot of people who don't like BLM uh, have a hard time taking a BM. And that's why they're all like, all the time. But if you, if you paint Black Lives Matter everywhere, they go, we're not going on down that street. We're not going in that store. We're not going over that. And they'll just stay home, shut in with their anger and their beliefs. And they have a right to. And that is going to reduce dramatically the number of people going around and affecting other people. Because then it'll just be a bunch of basketball fans wearing masks, going, you know what, um, we got a negative COVID test and we're wearing masks and gloves. Let's go get some uh, beer brats and uh, cook them up before we watch a baseball game. Okay, that's how we're going to do it. That's how we bring America back. That's how we make America great again. All right, that's my uh, uh, two cents. That's actually 14 cents. I think what I just said adds up to 14 cents. I don't know what any of you think of that. Uh, you may agree or disagree. Uh, either way, I don't know. Uh, all right. This show is based on three things, three platforms, three things. Uh, the little commentary up front is not one of the things based on because some days I don't feel like doing it. Um, but I give myself the space. Uh, it's based on three things. Your questions and comments. Uh, let's see. Daniel Wayne says, Jimmy John's had a BLM, bacon, lettuce, mayo. Yes, that's right. And that matters. That matters. Damn it. Um, <laughs> it's based on your questions and comments on one of three platforms. Some piece of uh, memorabilia, a memento, a trinket, an autograph that we have laying around here in the home office that we share with you and hope we can build a little story around. And we recommend two artists or piece of music based off of our massive and deep vinyl album collection. And uh, tonight I got a couple of good ones for you. Uh, one that you will already know about, but we're going to talk about it. And one that you may have known about it if you're in your 50s or 60s or older and may have forgotten about what a wonderful artist this man is. But that comes to you at the end of the show. So you got to stick around. You got to stick around for the whole show. All right. So um, there's been a lot of controversy in the show lately uh, about uh, me. Uh, a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, Rage in a lot of um, uh, attacks, you know, and they've been hurtful and they've been bothersome, okay? And uh, I've had to weather a lot, especially from some people named Randy, okay, about what kind of person I am. Randy Ioma, who's not watching tonight because he's afraid to confront me. Uh, I finally feel like Jonathan Gregory right now. Uh, not watching me, claims that I... I'm a collector of bobbleheads, and there's nothing further from the truth. I'm a grown man. In a little over, uh, in about three weeks, I will be 65 years old. I will go on Medicare August 1st. I am not a collector of bobbleheads. That is for children. It's foolishness. What am I? I'm going to tell you what I am. And I mentioned it yesterday. Okay, so listen carefully. 
When you start going, oh, that Tony, he likes to collect bobbleheads. That's what he's into is bobbleheads. That's not true. I'm showing you albums every day. Am I an album collector? I got, a, I got like 75 old uh, radios in his house. Am I a radio collector? All right. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I've got one human bone sitting back there. Am I a bone collector? No, no. But here's what I am when it comes to bobbleheads. Bobbleheads are bought and they're loved and then they're tossed aside. And usually they just end up in some uh, landfill someplace. Like in Toy Story. But I rescue them. Somewhere between when people get tired of them to get thrown away. Okay, now eventually they'll get thrown away. But I prolong that journey. I take them. It takes them a little while longer to get there. I am the ferryman. Not fairy like F-A-R-Y. Don't start that shit. Okay. Uh, ferryman. F-E-R-R-Y. Like in mythology. Like the ferryman on the, on the river Styx, where when you passed away, you then went to the river Styx, where the ferryman took you to your final destination. Now, in that, you had to pay them. You had to pay the toll. So they used to put coins on people's eyes and stuff in the old days. Here, we buy the bobbleheads. Matter of fact, we're like bobblehead rescue. You know, you've heard of animal rescue? I'm bobblehead rescue. I'm the ferryman, Tony the ferryman, rescuer of bobbleheads. With all that said... Here's another one. Hey, there we go. All right, so this is a pretty cool one right there. Look at that. It's a good bobble. Look at the beard work on this. This is uh, Archie Bradley, okay, uh, Arizona Diamondback. This was given out on, uh, if you can read that, and you probably can't because it's backwards. This was given out on uh, Gila River, Hotels and Casino Night, uh, Viva Cueva, Wild Horse Pass, and Lone Butte. They own three casinos. They are casinos that exist on uh, Native American tribal lands where they uh, are slowly but surely, uh, through a very intelligent scheme, going to get the entire country back by getting us to uh, piss it away at blackjack tables and slot machines. So uh, this is Avery Bradley. Good work on the beard. Look at that. Teeth. Uh, here's something cool. This is him when he had gotten on base. I don't know if you can see it. You talk about detail. Right there, it's like they put a little dirt, a little dirt on the leg there. Okay. All right, that's right, bobblehead rescue. Every day, thousands of bobbleheads are thrown into trash cans and left in garages and end up in landfills. The eyes of an angel. But you can help today. <laughs> Donate your bobbleheads. Donate them to Goodwill, a curio shop, some child in need. We're here to tell you. And then you got some bobblehead, you know, like a little crack, you know, and it's not bobbling right or stuff. This is the abuse of bobbleheads, you know. Something torn up on it. Every day you can help save a bobblehead. So, uh, hold on. This thing had something on it. Oh, listen to that. Did you hear that? Yeah! Hold on, let's see if one more for the YouTubers. How cool is that? It's got a little sound thing on it, man. It's got a little sound thing on it. This is not a bobblehead. This is a work of art. This is like the Venus de Milo with arms right here. It's got the dirt on it and a little sound thing. Anyway. Shot to left center field. So I don't care if uh, Archie Bradley comes out as a um, 
I, I don't care if he comes out as somebody who thought disco was the greatest music that was ever invented and that Hee Haw was the uh, funniest tele television show in the history of the world. I don't care what Avery Bradley does or says. Uh, I don't care what LeBron does or says. I don't care what Kawhi Leonard does or says. I like watching sports. I get a kick out of it. I love it. I wasn't good at it when I was a kid. I'm not good at it now. Okay, but I like watching these achievements and accomplishments. I'll tell you another thing. When my daughter was little, about 20 years ago, uh, um, I used to take her to NBA games. And one of the things I told her is this, we appreciate what they do when they're playing. They've got nothing to tell us about life. Their opinions carry no more weight than yours or mine. Okay? They're like, and that's what I told her. Uh, Nancy Yeaman says, Bobblehead Rescue, I see a new 5013C Foundation coming. Yes! Yes, Bobblehead Rescue! That's right, and I could take the old uh, uh, Jim Dandy song, you know, when you have bobbleheads like this, you know, got a bobblehead that's like sitting sideways. Tony Vizic, do the rescue, rescue in bobbleheads. Go, Tony Vizic, go, Tony Vizic, yeah! <laughs> oh, I wish Randy Ioma was here right now. I stick it right in his eye. <laughs> Bobblehead rescue, ladies and gentlemen. Donate your dollars, your nickels, your quarters, your dimes. Just send them on in, and we're going to rescue all the bobbleheads in the world that are cracked and broken, lost and stolen. And you just heard it right here from the old colonel, Tony Visick. So uh, that's our bobblehead. How much time do I have? I still got time. Good. All right, let's get to the um, music portion of the show. Like I said, we uh, pick out, um, we pick out, a, that's right, I am a humanitarian, not a hoarder. That's what I, you know what, Yemen's? <laughs> that's right, I am a humanitarian. Is that how you say that word? A humanitarian. I am a humanitarian. Although if I'm rescuing bobbleheads, I'm a bobbleheadarian. Uh, bobbleheads rescue, that's right. Say, so you, you know what, Kevin, you know Randy. You should message him and say, Visick is on Facebook Live right now calling you out. Calling you out, Randy. That he is not a collector. He is a rescuer. All right. Let's, uh, uh, let's, get, to the, uh, let's get to the music here. We're going to go with a big one right away. Uh, uh, the Beatles did so many great albums. Okay, but the one that really resonated for my generation, and we, and we all love them early on. Uh, from the first time I saw them when I was nine years old on the Ed Sullivan show, singing things like She Loves You, Yeah, 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 an incredible sound. They evolved so wonderfully over the years and so rapidly. If you think about them coming to America in February of 64 and then breaking up in 1970, you know, we're talking about, I don't know, six years approximately, seven years approximately that uh, we watched, we watched and listened to that band uh, just never miss a beat in their evolution. I don't think there's a bad Beatles song. You know, that song sucks. And this, of course, may be um, what a lot of people think was the penultimate album by the Beatles, Abbey Road. Uh, I think it's an argument between this, Sgt. Pepper's, and the White Album. And that's a, a conversation I'd be more than happy to have with you guys. We talked about the White Album here on the show, maybe earlier this week. Uh, an EMI recording, thanks to George Martin, Joff Emmerich, and Philip McDonald, photographs by EMI. George Martin was, in a sense, the fifth Beatle, their producer, who would sit there and go, I don't know, boys, have you ever thought about trying some violins right there? Boys, have you ever listened to uh, Ludwig van Beethoven? And kind of gave them a musical education. 
And they were, uh, they could have been arrogant. Snot's going, look, look here, old man. You just press the buttons, okay? We're going to play the guitars and sing. But they didn't, okay? They soaked up knowledge and their music evolved and changed. So many different genres, so many different types. This, of course, is the legendary uh, cover of Abbey Road. Uh, and on it, of course, Paul is barefoot smoking a cigarette. And uh, you talk about the, one of the granddaddies of the, the big conspiracy theories of the 60s. There were three, actually. And one was that uh, John F. Kennedy was, was not a lone assassin. Uh, I'll leave that one alone for right now. Uh, there was a right-wing group called the John Birch Society claiming that fluoride in water was a communist plot to take over our minds. And the third one was that Paul McCartney was dead and that this was one of the clues because he was barefoot when the other ones had on uh, shoes. You know, it's interesting to think that this photograph was taken of four guys on a morning or afternoon walking across the street. That's all it was. Just one snap. Just snap. And there it was. Caught in time. Caught in time. And it's become as easily a recognizable picture to millions of people as the Mona Lisa or a Picasso painting. You know exactly what it is. Uh, the songs on here, what is that? Ran, uh, Kim Brown says, Randy Alma, you're missing it, man. Read the above comments from Nancy Yeamans. Daniel Wayne says, wow, it is a, it's tough to call Abby, uh, it's a tough call, but Abby Rowe was great. So was Sergeant Peppers. Uh, hi, Adrian San Sanford, you just joined. I'm not really starting to debate about uh, those, three, uh, those three albums. I mean, or even, you know, their first albums. You know, each one was so different. Each one was a gem. It's like looking at a bunch of beautiful diamonds and going, which one is the best diamond? Um, Daniel Wayne says, this is a great movie called Yesterday, featured a ton of Beatles songs. Cool. On this album, I'm going to check that out. On this album, hold on, we're going to say hi. Uh, of course, Come Together, Something, Maxwell Silverhammer, Oh Darling, Octopus Garden, which was just one of those fun Ringo so songs. I'd like to be under the sea. Uh, I want you, she's so heavy. Just a great, great, great tune. Uh, and then on side two, man, one of the uh, most optimistic, feel-good songs ever recorded. Here comes the sun. Because uh, you never give me your money. Okay. <coughs> a thinly disguised love song, I think. Sun King, Mean Mr. Mustard. Polythene Pam, Pam, which is just a rocker, almost a Chuck Berry type thing. She came in through the bathroom window, which went on to also be a gigantic mega hit for another Mr. Joe Cocker. Golden Slumbers, which uh, is almost a lullaby. Uh, Carry That Weight, The End in Her Majesty. Nothing but great music, one great song after another, Abbey Road. What is the greatest Beatles album? Okay, was it? And I think uh, all their albums were great. And by the way, I'm more of a Rolling Stones guy. And I tell you, the Beatles, the Stones were always around, but the Beatles were always around. You know, yes, somebody, what's your favorite band with the Beatles? I go, well, that's not hard. You haven't done a lot of research. You haven't done a lot of listening. They were played constantly. But especially now for me over the years as, uh, uh, you know, top 40 radio or rock radio or what radio was uh, for me most of my life no longer really exists in that exact form. You don't hear the Beatles just showing up on the radio like you used to. Beatles not showing up on television like they used to. And then you go back and listen to one of these albums and go, man, man, do I miss people 
who can make music like that. So uh, we can have a conversation sometimes at Greatest Album. I think it'd come down to three, uh, Sgt. Pepper's, uh, The White Album, and Abbey Road. I don't know what your thoughts on it are, but I'd love to know them. Uh, and now our final piece of music for the evening. This guy uh, was like one of my favorites, and it was like one of those offbeat things. A lot of people knew him, but they weren't into him as much as I was, but people who are really into music of that era absolutely love this guy. Such an important contributor to the soundtrack of my lives and so many others. Guy started out as a uh, A&R guy, as a session player, as a songwriter and song plugger out in Los Angeles, working for uh, a particular record company. Okay, went on, uh, was part of, not a big part of, not as big as some, but a part of the now legendary wrecking crew, that group of session musicians that played on almost every rock record made between uh, 64 and 68, or even or you know even beyond that. Group of musicians that play on a Frank Sinatra uh, piece in the morning and then play on a, a Beach Boys piece later on that afternoon, The Wrecking Crew. He was a part of that along with Glenn Campbell. Uh, of all the members of The Wrecking Crew, these great, incredibly gifted session musicians that added so much uh, music uh, uh, for the American soul to be able to suck up. Uh, the most famous, one became most famous as far as well-known was Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell was part of the Wrecking Crew, great session player, went on, became a huge star in his own right. This guy probably it runs a close second, okay? And he first came to us, this guy we're going to talk about now, or came to uh, our awareness, not because of something that he was um, fronting, because it's something that he helped put together. Joe Cocker was in America, was going to do a tour, and I forget how the story goes, if the band kind of fell apart right before the tour, and this man was asked to put together a band, he goes, all right, but it'll have to be my band, put together my way. And he created a southern rock style, soulful sound for Joe Cocker that took Joe Cocker already from the superstardom that had immediately immediately uh, been granted to him through his performances in the movie Woodstock and made him a permanent star. And the man who put together that, that entire, uh, uh, arranged all the music, hired all the backup singers, all the musicians put it together, um, then became featured prominently in the documentary about it where he, in a sense, outshone Joe Cocker. And we're talking about Leon Russell. Now, if you don't know Leon Russell's work, okay, then I really, 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 really urge you, urge you to, uh, Kevin Brown says, only record crew I knew was world-class record crew, old school hip-hop. Well, this precedes that, Kev. And, uh, uh, and nothing, I take nothing away from uh, old school hip-hop. You know, I know that for Kev, for you, it's like uh, uh, digital underground is like, you know, the Holy Bible to you. That you, the Humpty Dance, whenever that plays, you just can't stop toe-tapping. Uh, <laughs> uh, this album that I'm holding right now is called Carney. He had a bigger, uh, the one that really made him famous in his own right was Shelter People. Uh, but two movies made Leon Russell famous. And one was Mad Dogs and Englishmen, the documentary of Joe Cocker's tour. And the other one was Concert for Bangladesh. Concert for Bangladesh was a concert put together by a bunch of famous musicians in the early 70s to raise money for the now defunct country of Bangladesh where there was mass starvation. So our generation coming to our own as young adults 
in the post-Vietnam or near the, uh, the end of the Vietnam War, uh, became aware of the horrific starvation in a lot of the world. George Harrison, through uh, uh, the Maharishi Yogi, uh, became aware of the starvation in Bangladesh, put together this massive concert that included George and Eric Clapton and Bob Dylan, and over on piano sat Leon Russell, doing a version of Jumpin' Jack Flash that is better than the Stones. All right, uh, but on this album, Carney, which is more of a reflective uh, kind of a song, it came out when I was a senior in high school in 1973. It's just some wonderful, wonderful music. Uh, Carney, uh, Acid Annapolis, If the Shoe Fits, My Cricket, Magic Mirror, it's a great tune. And then a song that went on to be recorded by dozens and dozens of artists, most notably George B Benson, the great uh, rhythm and blues soul singer, this smooth, smooth singer, My mas uh, uh, Masquerade. I'm lost in this masquerade. And you got to listen to Masquerade, first by Leon, then by George Benson, to tell me that's not a great, great, great torch song. And if you don't know what a torch song is, uh, I don't have time to explain it to you. I will later on. Uh, on side one, of course, was Tightrope, Out of the Woods, Me and Baby Jane, great song about drug addiction. Manhattan Island Serenade, Cajun Love Song, and Roller Derby about the queen of the roller derby. It was just a fun romp. It's a fun rollick. This is an incredible album, a lot of fun, great catchy tunes that you'll find yourself humming to afterwards. And after listening to them, you go, I'd like to know more about this guy. So listen to Leon Russell do this masquerade. Then listen to Queen of Roller Derby. Listen to that scratchy, scratchy Oklahoma voice. Leon was part of, there were some incredible people came to Oklahoma. Leon Russell, J.J. Kale, just to name two, along with Woody Guthrie, of course. Uh, one of those places like Bakersfield that you would not think of as uh, progenitors of great American music, but they were. So Leon, Leon Russell. Uh, there's also a documentary with uh, Elton John was so inspired by him when he, he was a young man that he, um, uh, and later on when Leon was sick, he actually took him out on tour and helped him out. So that's our show for today. We've cleared up some things. I am not a bobblehead collector. I am a bobblehead rescuer. We are starting an organization called Bobblehead Rescue. Um, told you about tomorrow night's show at 7 o'clock. Buy tickets at comedyschools.com. Told y'all we're going to get this pandemic down by painting Black Lives Matter everywhere we can. And we recommended, of course, the Beatles' Abbey Road. Don't have to do that for most folks. And Leon Russell's Carney. We'll be back tomorrow at our normal time, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Until then, I'm Tony Visick. Bye-bye.